This is episode 298. What if I told you your phone was the reason you can't lose weight? Or your phone was causing your depression? Or your relationship breakdown is because, you guessed it, of your phone? The intimate connection that you have with your phone and how you use it every day is something I believe is shaping your life experience and making it even harder to be a healthy person, to get into fitness and, well, in the way you're always telling yourself you want to be healthy and well, it's making that really, really difficult, if not impossible. And so in this episode, I'm going to explain how your phone is basically ruining your life one tiny little thing at a time. And I also have a challenge for you at the end that will open the door to healthy habit formation around your phone. But I'm not totally sure just how many people are game enough to try it and take this challenge. And the question is, are you one of those people? Let's find out. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. Hey, what's up, my healthy friends? We are back on the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast with you and me, and it's going to be great. So on today's episode, I want to talk to you about uh, something that I think has an amazing impact long term if we start to change it. And what I mean by that is that Often in the health and wellness space, but actually all areas of life, because what comes to mind right now actually is get rich quick schemes, is that people really want small hinges to swing really big doors. And I actually think what I'm going to share with you today is one of the few things that has one of those dividend payoffs that it's a small thing that we can start changing in order to have big payoffs later on, right? Later down the track. And so, first, And foremost, in 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge, eating, and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way. Now, what I want to talk about today is the importance of putting your phone down. Are you listening to this episode on a phone? Possibly. Possibly, right? And I know that everybody says, oh yeah, I probably should put my phone down and I probably need to look at my phone less and I probably should be on Facebook less. First and foremost, if you're starting, if you're saying any of those things, you should go back and listen to episode 296 about changing the words in the sentences that you use to change your commitment to self. Really powerful thing that you can do. Another episode that actually pays dividends and is a small hinge that will swing a big door eventually. However, If you are someone that has these challenges with your phone, you carry it everywhere, it's in your bed, it's in your couch, it's in your car, everywhere that you are, your phone is in your hand or it's on the table in front of you, I'm talking to you because fundamentally, you are the equivalent of the mouse on the spinning wheel or the hamster on the wheel going around, 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 around. You are addicted to both the familiarity of the habit, so the comfort that habit comes with, And our mind really loves automated habits that make us feel good because one, we don't have to think about it. That's one of the difficult parts of creating new habits is that we have to think in our conscious mind. Whereas when the habit's deep, it's sort of shifted into the subconscious mind. And so the mind loves that familiarity of not having to spend energy on thinking and it just does to produce its good feeling. You also enjoy the safety of social escape. And this is a really sad thing that's happened in our world with phones and headphones and earphones and earbuds is that we don't have to talk to each other anymore. We don't have to solve social problems. And the social problem might simply be, 
I feel a little bit uncomfortable in this elevator, right? Or we're standing here at the bus stop and I, you know, I don't know if I should talk to this person, right? And so our social skills are getting less and going down and we end up on the internet releasing our rage as keyboard warriors looking like fucking idiots, you know? And so there's social problems. And the other thing is, so the first one is, you know, you're addicted to the familiarity of the habit. Also, the safety of social escape. You don't have to risk yourself talking to new people. And, of course, the dopamine that each time you open every single app and every single thing on your phone and do anything, you get a tiny little dopamine hit of pleasure. And dopamine is that neurotransmitter. It's the feel-good hormone, fundamentally, one of, but the main one that's talked about. And so you get a tiny little hit of dopamine, but it's so subtle that you, again, you're like the hamster on the wheel. You're the addict. You want more. You want more. You want more. Right? And so... Many people say to me as well, they're like, Maddie, I can't really let go of my phone because I need it as an alarm clock, you know, and I'm often telling people you must, 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 must turn your phone off at night and get it out of the bedroom. Like, Maddie, but I need it as an alarm clock. In case you missed the last 300 years of inventions, alarm clocks were first created in their current form in 1787 by Levi Hutchins, all right? Alarm clocks are a thing. And no, they're not all this old, you know, this just clock with this super loud, annoying, terrifying bell. Alarm clocks have come a long way, a long way. Um, Jump on Amazon, jump on anywhere that you might get alarm clocks. Just Google it. YouTube it. YouTube a modern alarm clock comparison. They're incredibly smart, these alarm clocks. And they've been around for 300 years. But in actual fact, they've actually been around a couple of thousand years because the father of pneumatics back in ancient Greece uh, in about 282 to 222 BC was actually the guy that created the first alarm clock that we have record of. And no doubt there's stuff before that as well. So your argument that you need your phone as an alarm clock, I say bullshit. Okay. (laughs) So Your phone fundamentally is destroying your mind, your brain, and your life one small micron at a time. And I say small micron because the dopamine is slowly, slowly, slowly chipping away and creating this addictive process. And it gets, we get more and more and more addicted. And it's so small that you can't even see it or feel it. And life has developed in a way that we are able to very easily justify our phone use to ourselves on a daily basis. Uh, or to our boss, or to our partner. There's a thousand ways that we can say, no, I need it because, no, I'm just doing this, you know, whatever it might be. And so peeling back this addiction is going to be really difficult. And difficult in if we go too big, of course. Remember, one tweak a week. It's only going to be difficult if we go too big. But the initial step is discomfort. And you should be seeking discomfort if you want to change. And whilst Everything that I've created in my programs, in my podcast, the one tweak a week philosophy, I believe that I allow people to break things down into such small pieces that it theoretically should be impossible to fail. However, we're all humans and we're all susceptible to what we'd rather do or what's easy or what feels good at the time. But the truth is we have to experience some discomfort and this will be uncomfortable. There'll be uncomfortable parts of this. And I think if you don't do it, The relationship with your phone is going to drive your sugar cravings and your sugar binges. It drives Netflix consumption. It drives video game playing. It drives porn watching. And no, I haven't read a study specifically relating to that. But what I do know is that when we are addicted to our dopamine supply in the way that our phones have created, it it drives more dopamine-seeking behavior. Sugar, Netflix, porn, video games, whatever it might be. 
fights with a partner, believe it or not, in some relationships. And so you're going to get more of those habits showing up in your life and more of those cycles showing up in your life. And you'll have those moments from time to time where you're like, shit, I'm sick of this. I'm wasting my life sitting here or I'm sick of being addicted to this, or I'm sick of eating this way. And then tomorrow you'll just show up as the exact same person, right? And it's super frustrating. But I truly believe that at the core of all of this, in in the context of this conversation, is your phone. Because you get a dopamine hit from your phone maybe a hundred times an hour, maybe a thousand times a day, depending on how much you use it. So we need to start reversing your dopamine seeking behavior. And one of the best ways to do that is to start with the smallest dopamine hit, which is not a Netflix movie or definitely not porn or definitely not video games, but it's just creating a little bit of space from your phone. It's just, it's literally walking into the gym and picking up the one kilo weight. So here's the challenge I have for you. I want you to do this because I guaranteed if you continue with this beyond this week or, you know, however long your memory lasts of this podcast, This will be one of those small hinges that swings a big door. So I want you to stand and wait at an elevator without pulling your phone out, even if there's a person there. That's a little challenge for those people that work in places or go to places where there's elevators. Don't pull your phone out, okay? Another one, I want you to sit on a train or a bus for five whole minutes without being on your phone. Put it in your bag, not just your pocket, Put it in your bag or your purse or your handbag or whatever for five minutes. Here's another challenge. Put your phone out of reach in your car, back seat, preferably in the boot or the trunk, and just drive. You might even go one step further to managing this pleasure-seeking behavior, and I've uh, directed clients to do this many times, is put the phone in the trunk of the car or the boot of the car, get in the car, drive, do not turn the radio on. Create space with your thoughts and your feelings and practice just being and you'll feel how uncomfortable and wriggly and desperate you are for distraction from the present moment, right? So I want you to practice these things. I want you to go, I'm challenging you to go out and stand and wait in an elevator, sit on a train or a bus or drive your car without your phone for just five minutes. And this is the beginning. And the one that I'm always harping on to people about is that you should absolutely get your phone out of your bed, out of your bedroom, charge it in another room and make sure the phone is off, right? And then what we want to do is practice each night and morning, creating a little bit more space between when you turn it on, right? And nighttime when you turn it off. So in the beginning, you might be lying in bed playing on your phone and you're like, all right, I'm going to do what Maddie said. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk to the kitchen, plug it in, leave it there, back to bed, straight to sleep. The next night, it might be, I'm going to leave the phone in the kitchen before I get into the bed. The next night, it might be 15 minutes before I'm going to bed, I'm going to turn my phone off. And you might actually, not just night to night to night, you might actually have to do this one week at a time to really untether and um, you know disconnect that that pattern or that cycle. And the same same idea when you're waking up. In the beginning, you probably wake up because we're so addicted to our phones and think, shit, I need my phone right now. And you'll just gun it straight for the kitchen, turn it on and, ah, oh, dopamine, amazing. Um, who messaged me overnight? What world crisis did I miss? You know? Um, and then the next morning, it might be 10 minutes. I'm actually going to go to the toilet. I'm going to start getting ready for work before I turn the phone on. And then it might get to a, a place where I'm not even going to turn the phone on until I'm in the car. And then it might get to a place where I'm not even going to turn the phone on until I'm at work. This is going to take weeks, 
months, years, and I want you to identify all of the barriers that your mind is putting up right now. Maddie, I couldn't do that because. No, nah, I can't do that because this person's going to ring me. And I challenge you on that because I'm someone that doesn't have any social media apps on my phone. And most days I don't turn my phone on until 10 a.m. 10 a.m. How good is that? <laughs> I'm pretty happy with it. And I actually find I'm incredibly productive if I don't turn my phone on. And if, if I have to turn my phone on, I try also to use an app blocker that makes sure that I'm not getting sucked into all the dopamine. Plus, I should add, I also do not have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, or YouTube. I don't have any of them on my phone. Yes, life can exist without those apps, and it's fucking fabulous. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Please invite everybody in your world to start changing their habits with their phone. It's really important. I think it's going to be a small hinge that swings a big door. Um, And thanks for being here. Hope you've enjoyed it and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.